Hello, and welcome to Follow the Woo podcast, where each week I, Fenelon Kush, will guide you on a journey into the land of the woo. We're going to investigate witchcraft, meditations, the paranormal and supernatural, alien and fey encounters, gurus, shamanism, and, and, and all the woo. So hold on to your butt. This just might be the weirdest part of your day. Hello, humans. Happy new moon in Pisces. I like Pisces. My best friend is a Pisces, and my amazing great aunt is a Pisces. Truth be told, I'm pretty partial to all water signs. I have heard that this is one of the most positive and happy new moons we'll have in 2022. So you may want to ride that wave and really get into your best manifesting mode. Jupiter is connected to this new moon and it's the planet of luck. So cosmically speaking, this is a very lucky new moon. And it feels like the new moon that we all need, especially considering the current state of the world. Speaking of, I have added a couple of links to credible organizations that are giving direct relief to the Ukrainian people in the show notes for this episode. Let's try to channel the juicy goodness of the new moon out into the world. We are all connected after all, and cultivating our own compassion, love, and kindness absolutely has a ripple effect. It may not feel like it, and I forget it all the time, but it does. They say one consciously awakened person can inadvertently wake up 300,000 others. That's how connected we are. And try not to think that taking care of yourself isn't a worthy activity. It certainly is. It's very difficult to remember that, but you've got to care for yourself so that you can channel the juicy goodness of the new moon. You can't do that unless you're really tuned into yourself. And lately, so much has been going on in my personal life and in the world. I forgot when things look like they're crumbling all around us and they are. Humans are so fucked up. It's true. Oh man, we just make so many dumb choices. And I'm saying this to myself too, as usual. The only way we can really help is by starting with ourselves first. Keep that in mind when things seem super overwhelming. You're a badass bitch and you need to be taken care of and you are worthy of that care. I had to have somebody tell me that just yesterday and it was very, very important for me to hear. So I wanted to make sure that I passed that on today. Anywho, this week I chat with Ying Liu paranormal investigator and creator of the show The Haunted Bay. She's investigated some of the most haunted places in California, including Preston Castle and the USS Hornet. Now, June Ahern from episode 24 of Follow the Woo, Wisdom of an Elder Witch, if you're looking for it, she's also on Ying's paranormal team. And we talk a bit about their relationship, how they met, and the incredible abilities that June has as a medium. So if you're wanting to know more about June, you can always pop back to episode 24. We also talk about how the Haunted Bay show came to be and the difficulties of being a paranormal investigator and some of Ying's most spooky experiences, which include a spirit coming home with her. That always freaks me out. I had something similar like that happen to me, and I don't know, there's something next level about that. And just a note, my new sound situation is not working 
great yet. So you'll hear the volume of my mic get a little hinky here and there. I'm working it out. We're trying to figure out this new space. So it might take a second, but just a heads up. We're going to jump right into Ying explaining how the Haunted Bay began. All right, let's do the woo. This started out as a class project at community college, and I never thought it would just keep going. So it's basically more like something took us along a journey rather than we planned this. It's not, I wasn't in film school, but I was taking a class in video production. And we did this for our first episode and everything just aligned in a way that we could keep going. It almost feels like it's out of our hands. It's just something that's pulling us along. Mm. I find that a lot with the woo that once you get into it, it kind of beckons you and it pulls you. And even if you weren't particularly interested in the paranormal world at all, which I think that was your case, right? I was interested, but I wasn't sure if I was deep inside a real believer in it. It was like, oh, it's fun to believe in this stuff. It's fun to talk about ghosts and things like that. I wanted to believe it. And I honestly would have said, yeah, I totally believe in ghosts. But then when things actually started to happen, I was, was like realizing, oh, my God, this is real. And it's been through these making these videos that I'm, I'm discovering these things. And the team, we're talking about Haunted Bay, the Haunted Bay, the show. Mm -hmm. The team that you had on that show, did they all come from your class? I know June who I've had on the podcast, she didn't. How did you get in contact with all of these people who you work with? I had to form a little group in class and Cody, who's still with, still part of our team, he was my classmate. So from the current team, he's the only person that was from the same class. So I and Cody and some other people in class, we made this project and the other people kind of, you know, they went their way because this wasn't something they were as interested in as me and Cody. And me and Cody kept going with it. And the way we found first the Alameda Paranormal Researchers, who, who was in our first video, was that months prior on July the 4th, I was dancing in a July the 4th parade in Alameda, um, you know, one of those trucks, and I was dancing and I saw, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> and I saw the Alameda Paranormal Researchers in the parade with their car, with their name on the side of their car. And I'm like, oh, cool, look, real life ghost hunters. I just remember them. And then fast forward to October of that same year, I come up with this idea. I said, hey, let's film about ghosts. And I was like, why don't we reach out to those people? I heard, I saw them in the parade. And again, everything just lined up perfectly because the Alameda Paranormal Researchers are a really good, reliable, rational group of ghost investigators. And they were really welcoming Summer. The, the head of that group was like, yeah, sure. In fact, we're just about to go and do an investigation on the U.S.'s Hornet. We were so lucky. Our first investigation was on the U.S.'s Hornet, the most haunted ship in the U.S., or at least one of the most haunted ships in the U.S. And then they allowed us to follow them onto the Hornet, onto the next uh, location after that, which is the White Horse Bar in Oakland. So in the first few videos, we were really just focusing on them. 
And then I came up with the idea. I was like, wouldn't it be cool to bring a different perspective, which would be the psychic medium? And so that's when I thought about June. Now, June and I had known each other for a few years before this. I know June through my friend who, it's a long story, but I met her through the acting circle. She's into film and filmmaking. And my mother passed away and I was really, really sad. And my friend, June's niece, said to me, hey, you may want to talk to my aunt because she's a psychic medium. So I called and I left a message and June calls me back and she's like, how can I help you? And I'm like, well, I want to talk to my mom. She died a few months ago. And she even was like, no, I don't really do that. I just kind of give you general life advice. But then as she's saying this to me, she's just like, oh, whoa, your mother's here. She's here. She's, She's coming through really strong. And I'm not even paying for this at this moment. I'm just talking on the phone. And she manages to tell me things that nobody could know. Like when my mom passed away, I stopped dancing because I thought I was grieving and I love dancing usually. And I was just like, I can't dance. That's disrespectful. That's one. Two, I imagined my mom would come back to me if I ever have a daughter. It's just my imagination, right? Three, I had a friend tell me, uh, like a school friend tell me, she's like, I think I see your mom around you. And I asked her, what do you see? And she says, I think she has her hands around your neck. Hmm. And I was like, what? Why would my mom have her hands around my neck? She says, I don't know. Maybe she wants to take you with her. And so I didn't believe her because I was like, look, my mom wouldn't do that. That's ridiculous. So I brushed that off. And then four, I think on the night or the day after my mom passed away, I remember, you know, when you cry yourself to the point where you're exhausted and you can't cry anymore. I was lying in bed like that. And to comfort myself, I put my hand out. And imagine my mom holding my hand just to comfort myself. I didn't feel anything. I was imagining this. Okay, so this is all the backstory. Now, fast forward to me talking to June on the phone. And she's like, oh, whoa, whoa, your mother's coming through really strong, really strong now. And I was like, what is she saying? And she said, she's saying, why did you stop dancing? You need to put on your dancing shoes again. Go back dancing. And I know I didn't tell anybody that. And she said, And your mother says that if you have a daughter, it'll be her reincarnated as your daughter. And then she said, she has her hands around your neck and your shoulders. And I was like, why? And she said, she says, because it's cold and you're not wearing a scarf. And she's (laughs) trying to keep you from getting sick. Wow. That corroborated with what what my friend had seen. And it's not something that most people would say, like, just make it up. So I was convinced, like, okay, she's the real thing. And so from then on, I I made an appointment to actually get a reading with her. And in the reading, she managed to tell me things about my family that I didn't know. And she also said at the end of the reading, her eyes welled up in tears. She's like, oh, my God, I'm getting a strong, strong emotion from your mother. She's saying, when you go to sleep at night, do that thing again where you put your hand out and she'll hold your hand. And that's a very personal moment that I didn't talk to with people. So that's how I found June. And of course, she's like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm about to retire. I'm not interested in going to any place <laughs> to look for ghosts. No, 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 no. Yeah. She's, 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 and then later she's like, eh, you know what? That sounds kind of fun. <laughs> Her first episode was with us was at the Condor Club. From there, she couldn't stop. And now she's bugging me like, so when are we going to go do it again? <laughs> and I'm like, well, let's just wait for the pandemic to calm down because, you know, we want to keep her and everyone safe, of course. First of all, thank you so much for sharing that story about your mom. And 
it validates June's abilities. I mean, it's amazing that that's who you got to find. I mean, for a lot of people that I speak with, it's very difficult for them to find a medium who is legit, especially when you're trying to do something like a paranormal show and you want it to all kind of work and make sense and you want to tell the truth as much as you possibly can. It can be hard to find someone who's not just kind of a peacock, I guess, for lack of a better term, like someone who's just like, look at me, I know what I'm saying. And I'm very lucky that I coincidentally have two mediums that I really trust. I trust them because I know with a personal experience that they've been able to tell me things Mm -hmm. that nobody could know. I mean, I didn't go into it, but June said, for example, when your mother crossed over, she had an older brother on the other side welcoming her. And I don't think he died naturally, like he died suddenly, like maybe he was murdered or something. I didn't know. And I called my, or I texted or called, I can't remember. A cousin in Malaysia, she's like, yeah, your mom has, it's true. My mom only had one older brother and he was found with his head bashed in on the sidewalk in Malaysia. He died suddenly, like maybe murdered or something. And I'm like, holy crap. Like, first of all, people say, oh, you know, psychic mediums, they could look stuff up and you're like, no, I don't even know my uncle's name. He has a different last name. I didn't know about it. And it, this happened in Malaysia years before. It's not like she could look up in the newspaper and link it to me. It was, you know, something that nobody here would know. Yeah. So it kind of felt like this team that you work with for the Haunted Bay came together very, like you said, organically. You said you got lucky, but it almost feels like happenstance. Like it, it feels like, I don't know if you believe in fate, but it feels like there was some kind of meaningful pool that was yeah. saying, yes, Ying, this is the way to go, right? Definitely. And even Annalisa, the other psychic medium we feature, in fact, she and June are putting on seances together, which is really cool because I brought them together. She's also really good. And I ran into her at work because I used to also work as a standardized patient at UCSF. She was one of the standardized patients too. And she happened to have watched our show And then she's like, wait a minute, you're the person from that show. And she's like, totally fangirling out. She told me when she saw me, you know, we became friends. And she's been also able to tell me things that I didn't know. Like, we're eating dinner at a restaurant. I'm not getting a reading from her. We're just hanging out. And I mentioned my grandmother. And she's like, and I said, oh, my grandmother had a stroke. She used to live with us. She went to Malaysia, but she had a stroke there and couldn't come back to the U.S. And then as I'm telling the story, she's just like, Oh, and your grandmother's here and she's saying that she felt like she died when that happened. She said she she was alive, but she felt dead because she couldn't. After the stroke, she was paralyzed and she couldn't do anything but lay in bed. And I'm like, yeah, I I can imagine that's how she felt. And she said, oh, and your grandmother never loved your grandfather. I was like, excuse me? (laughs) Um, what? <laughs> yes. I was all like, that's not what I heard. I heard a romantic story that my mom told me how my grandfather tutored her and he fell in love with her, asked her family for permission to marry her. Very stand- traditional, beautiful story. And she's like, no, she says she never loved your grandfather. She was forced to marry him over mm-hmm. some kind of financial reasons because they were very poor and his family had money. And she was very angry at her parents for making her do that. But she felt she had to do her wifely duties and have the children. But she actually had a lover who she was really in love with. 
And I was like, what? This is not what my mom told me growing up. So I actually located that cousin uh, in Malaysia again, uh, from Malaysia again. And she's like, yeah, that's true. Their family borrowed a lot of money from my grandfather's family and they couldn't pay it back. Hmm. So they offered my grandmother to pay off the debt. Wow. That is such a specific thing for her to pick up on. Yeah. And she says, and she did have a boyfriend, a secret who she really loved. You put together this team. It starts out as a project for class, but obviously very quickly based off of what you've told me, it morphs into so much more. It's kind of got some momentum to it. And did you find that you knew where to go next? You always knew which place, which haunted place you would go to. No, no. But I also have to add that after I found uh, June, Matthew Abaya came onto our team and he is a filmmaker and has actually made a feature length film that, you know, it's called Vampiriah. And he really helped us up the quality of the show. You know, I went to a couple of video production classes. That's it. He is actually a filmmaker, went to film school. And so he really helped us, you know, make everything, you know, more professional looking. The first few episodes of The Haunted Bay are kind of student filmy like, but then around the fourth episode of Defenestration is when he comes, joins the team and really helps us a lot. And so I basically found haunted places several ways. In the beginning, you know, it was purely Alameda Paranormal Researcher says, hey, we're going to go here. You want to come film us? And that's how I got to Preston Castle, which has a funny story because I went by myself with no filming experience whatsoever. I did not, I never had used a film camera, DSLR before. None of the guys come with me because it's cost a hundred bucks to get in, but I couldn't lose the chance. So I jump on the opportunity and I basically filmed without ever film filming before. So some of the, <laughs> that's why some of the shots are not the best, but what happened there was really scary. I almost quit this stuff because of Preston Castle. Where is that? That's in Ione, California, which is, I think, gold country in California. It's maybe a two-hour drive east for us from Berkeley. I just kind of jumped on the opportunity, filmed as best I could. And that place scared me so bad that I almost stopped filming these things. I was like, I don't think I can handle this. But I, I still kept going. I'm just curious, what was the first inspiration to start? Because I want to come back to Preston and why you almost quit. But I want to go back to the very beginning. Like, why did you choose this topic for your project even? What inspired me? Several things. My interest in ghost stories started really since I was a kid with my mom because she was big into ghost stories, telling me ghost stories from the family, watching horror movies together. So that started it. You know, one thing is that we try to keep things very, like, real, just be ourselves. But unfortunately, that's not as entertaining mm -hmm. for audiences because they kind of like some people, at least. They like that more over the top, more dramatic, which is probably why you see it in some shows. It does work. We had this approach of we're going to keep it as raw and real as possible, except for some reenactments. Like, everything that you see is our real reactions. So if I'm flipping out, I'm literally flipping out in the moment. And that's what's capturing, what's being captured. And if June is scared, like she's really scared, like we're not telling her to act. June luckily has 
kind of an exuberant personality. She's very camera friendly. So she isn't just naturally like that. But a lot of us are pretty low key, even the Alameda Paranormal Researchers. And sometimes that strangely hurts us because we're not like advertising ourselves, you know? I understand that, but I really appreciate that you tell the truth in your show because it's super uncommon in general. It's definitely uncommon in paranormal shows and it's tiring. I think the show that I'm working on right now, one of the central goals is to be as authentic as possible. And yes, sometimes that will be boring. It will be because sometimes people are boring. That's the the reality of the situation, but we don't want to ever exaggerate for the camera's sake or for, you know, ratings. And and unfortunately you have to do almost always, you have to do an indie project because networks don't have time for that shit. They don't care. They want you to be scared and they want the same formulaic thing for every, every season of your show. If you're lucky enough to get more than one finding the wonder and the the fun and the mysteriousness of all yeah. of this. I mean, that's what's so compelling, right? Is that this yeah. is a mysterious field. We mm-hmm. don't know what this stuff is. I still don't understand everything. I mean, the way we were pulled together or felt everything fell into place is already in itself. Like, how did this happen? To the point where for each video, we try to look for evidence to back up what the medium says or the APR, um, Alameda Paranormal Researchers are called APR, what they find. And sometimes it'll be direct, you know, straightforward. I'll find it in old archives, but sometimes things will fall in my lap. And I'm like, I don't know how that happened. Sometimes it'll happen months, even years after June gets her impression. I'll like, coincidentally find something that confirms what she said, but sometimes it'll take years. I had to recut an episode that I had on YouTube and edit that section in that happened like three years after. So we're on this narrow old street in San Francisco in the Jackson Historic District and June walked by and she says, I feel there's a spirit in this building and uh, not a good spirit, like a, a German man. And he's really not good, especially in the lower parts of the building. And we couldn't really find any proof. You know, I, I didn't really have any place to start because there's no names or anything. And then years later, I'm walking up that same street at night. I see a man standing there taking picture of the Transamerica building. And I just jokingly said to him, hey, you know, the street is haunted. Thinking that I'm just joking around. And he puts his camera down. And he's like, yeah, I do, actually. I was like, well, I filmed here and the medium said, you know, she felt a ghost on the street and also in this building. And he, he lives in the building right next to the building that she pointed at. So it's not exact, but I remember her saying, I think she said in the lower parts, something is there. He said, my neighbor is from Mongolia. She lives in the same building. She went to Mongolia. And while she was there, she spoke to a shaman and the shaman told her there is a dark spirit that's haunting your building, especially in the lower part, lower part of that building. I just got chills. Yeah. How did this happen? I was joking around like, hey, you know, the street is haunted. Thinking he was like, ha ha ha. And I just keep walking and I get the story. Things like that happen. So I got into this ghost, these ghost videos because, well, for several reasons. First, you know, my mom and I, she used to tell ghost stories to me all the time. That was just kind of part of our family tradition is to tell ghost stories. Again, I, I, 
thought I believed, but didn't really believe deep down. Then she died. And then it switched to kind of a real more search for me to see if there's proof of the afterlife just because I needed to feel like she was still around somewhere. And so then my interest in the paranormal got deeper. And then when I was taking this class at Laney Community College, it happened to be around Halloween season. So then they said, you know, why don't you pitch an idea? And that's how I decided, you know, it was a combination of all those factors. I decided let's make a video where we film document actual paranormal investigators and also look at some San Francisco ghost stories, ghost legends. Wow. Was the project supposed to be like a one-off? Just yes. one, And then it turned into an episodic series. Yes. Nothing has been planned. It's like we've been taken on a journey. It was spontaneous. Come up with a project and we'll form some teams around it. And then I was like, oh, it's Halloween time. Let's do something ghost themed. And we really thought that was going to be it. And you uploaded this to YouTube. Mm -hmm. That was your first season you uploaded to YouTube. And then at some point you were able to upload it to Amazon Prime. Is that correct? Yes. Amazon Prime and uh, AsianAmericanMovies.com. Nice. Yeah. So the two seasons are actually up on YouTube, but they're not the most up to date. Some of them, I actually added things like that story. I just told you if I found more evidence later on, I updated them. And those are the ones that are up on Amazon and AsianAmericanMovies.com. But the third season, which is, I think, our best season so far, is only on Amazon Prime and AsianAmericanMovies.com. So I think it's better to go to Amazon or or AsianAmericanMovies.com to see either the most updated ones or to see our best season so far, which is season three, which actually connects to season two. It's like a continuation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I started out, you know, in the beginning, we found places by uh, basically Alameda Paranormal Researchers telling us, hey, we're going to film here. You want to follow us. And that's what I did at Preston Castle. But then after that, I started knocking on doors. I just started walking around, roaming around San Francisco. And I would just go up to them like, hey, what's the history of this place? And they'll tell me. Then I'll kind of slip it in. Do you guys have any ghost stories here? And I was so surprised how many people would say, actually, yeah, let me tell you. And they'll tell me, you know, all these stories that their employees had told them. That's a lot of how I find places, you know, more, more than half of the places, that's how I find them. Other places I get from word of mouth. I've gotten tips from people that I know in my life. The Defenestration Building, which is also one of the scariest places we've been to, I met through an actor that I was acting with. His friend was making a film in that building. And he came to me and says, hey, you know what? We actually heard this place is really haunted. You may want to ask the person who's there right now if you can film. So we got in there a few months before it was torn down that way. We we're very lucky. In fact, several places we got in right before or, or not long before they closed or were closed to the public or torn down. The defenestration was torn down completely. Wow. And what season is that building in? I believe that's a season one. I think that's our episode four. That's when the quality of the show really technically goes way higher because that's when Matthew Abaya joined. So you go into this with a little bit of the background of ghost stories with your mom. Your mom passes away. You kind of get this desire to dig in a little further. You do. Everything's cooking. 
Mm-hmm. And then you had said when you started, you were like, I kind of believe, but I don't know for sure. How quickly after you started this project, did you change your mind and say, oh no, I believe, believe. I think it's a gradual transition. It wasn't like ping one day I wasn't sure and one day I did. It's accumulation of all the experiences. Me being able to find evidence to back up what June says was really part of it. Like I was super shocked at the things that I was able to find, obscure things. And then I started to be able to see things, not see with my eyes, but with my mind's eye. For like a span of a year and a half, I was sensing ghosts. I was able to tell people about their deceased loved ones. So you kind of got like an osmosis situation. You were hanging out with mediums. You were in the realm of paranormal. And all of a sudden, you started to have some of those same experiences and abilities. This is a bit of a longer story, but it actually was opened up by meeting another person I don't know what this is. I was in a play and I met a guy who I'd never met before. And I immediately had a sense that I recognized him from a long time ago, but I know I never met him. We talked. We happened to have the exact same childhood. Our childhoods were not easy. I'm not going to go into detail, but we had very, very similar childhoods. And then things started to open up and it shocked the hell out of me. It wasn't like what I imagined becoming a psychic would be like. It wasn't like I had to do classes and meditation. It was like, bam, I got hit over the head with it. So what happened was I was hanging out with this guy and he told me, he had told me before his dad died when he was like four years old. But anyway, this was a long time ago. And we were hanging out and eating in a Chinese restaurant in Berkeley. He was telling me about a play he was in. He says, I had to get very emotional for this role. So to get prepared for this character, I read a letter that my dad had written to me before he died. And I kept that letter in my pocket while I was performing in the play. I'm eating. It's a noisy Chinese restaurant. Uh uh uh-huh. And then I hear a voice yell in my head, actually on my left side, on my ear. I was there. And it was so loud. I actually like jumped and like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It just popped into my head. It just popped in my head. He was there. He was in the theater watching you. And then he looked at me for a few seconds, didn't say anything. And he just kept telling a story like I had not said anything. He's like, yeah. And then I was really happy with my performance. And the director was really like, no reaction. And I thought, okay, maybe that was my imagination. Well, the next day I was at home and I, I got the name in my head, Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy, and I kept repeating it, Jimmy, 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 Jimmy. And I didn't know why I was saying that name. And I opened up a cabinet and I pulled out uh, these old DVDs we have and one of the first Seinfeld episode. And I watched it. And the first episode was the Jimmy. And a person in the show was saying, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy all the time. And I was like, okay, that's weird. Cause I didn't pick that. I didn't know this was going to be the episode I was going to watch. I hung out with him a couple of weeks later and I mentioned yeah, this weird, this name Jimmy came up. Um, and he his reaction was, well, that's weird, but he didn't say anything. So I let it go. I was like, okay, it's nothing. Maybe it's just that I, I saw in the future I was going to watch a Seinfeld episode, you know, <laughs> with that mm-hmm. name. And like a few seconds later, that's about it. 
But no, seven months later, I went onto my friend's Instagram feed. He loaded a picture of himself being held as a baby, being held by his father. I scrolled down to the comments and his cousin says, I sure do miss your dad, Uncle Jimmy. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. Something similar has happened to me with this podcast. I was just wanting to do something during the pandemic. I've always been interested in the woo, as I call it, but I really wanted to get hear other people's stories and start investigating it via the podcast. And it was the best way to do it because it, it was we were all in our houses, especially right. in the beginning of the pandemic. It was like, do to do, what do we do? Yeah. And then similar to you, it, it was like all of these weird synchronicities started popping up. And yeah. then I met these people who again, similar to you, one of them specifically was almost, it almost felt like she accelerated my Mm -hmm. spiritual development for a better term. And it was like just being in the vicinity with her or being, you know, in the zoom vicinity, even with her, Mm -hmm. I started to see things differently. I started to pick up things Mm -hmm. more psychically. And it, it's almost like, it's there if you want to play with it, but you have to get in tune with it or something. I I don't know exactly how it works, but it's almost like you follow the woo and then the woo follows you back. And it's this give and take, and it gets really weird and kind of hairy. That's how it feels. It's like I said, it's like we got pulled along rather than us planning everything and saying, let's just follow this. And things started. I think I told five friends in that year and a half of deceased loved ones. And this is not something I've ever tried to do, not something I, I, I think. And that's also how I, I, I saw the ghost at the Great Star Theater. Because we, I had not gone there to film anything paranormal. I went there, there to usher for a show because my friend was uh, performing in a musical there and I full on was getting a flood of mental images of this woman in the bathroom unexpectedly. So things like that really made me think this is real. Oh my. And I still have this, Oh my God moments. This is real. Cause I think part of me tries to stay very objective and also there's a part of me that this scares, this scares me. I have to admit, it actually still scares me. And I think I wall it off. In fact, I feel like I've lost most of those abilities to, to see and communicate with spirits because it scared me too much. I it, agree. It, I, I, I blocked it out. Yeah. I'm scared too. I don't even like horror films. My friends make <laughs> fun of me. They're like, how can you be into this paranormal stuff and, and want to investigate, you know, with with like the uh, spirit boxes and things like that and mediums and, and haunted locations. If you can't even watch American horror story, it's, yeah. but it, I don't know how to explain it. It's just, there's something there mm-hmm. that I don't understand. And I'm a really curious person. And I find our world to be generally because of the way the media is and how we're just our, our evolution, like where we are evolutionarily speaking right now, it's kind of boring. We're kind of like, what are we doing? It's just so much more interesting than 401ks and (laughs) fucking, you know, meetings with your 
I don't know, toxic boss or whatever. <laughs> like there's a thousand examples of, of what's less interesting than this work. It's, it's mind blowing. I wanted to ask about the great star theater because that was the episode that we talked about in our pre-chat and you talked about it a little just now about how you had that sort of feeling. And then there was the woman in the bathroom. Would you mind telling that story? Because I think, I think that's a really interesting story. Sure. I went to the Great Star Theater to usher for a show because my friend was uh, in a musical. And so I showed up to do my duties um, to usher. This is in the afternoon, not thinking about anything scary, went down to the bathroom I suddenly felt there was a female spirit and I saw with my mind's eye a tall Asian female with long black hair wearing a white gown. And I felt that she liked to sit on this table in front of a mirror and just brush her hair and this almost when someone's lost their mind, like maniacally, just like brush. But there was a sense of <laughs> madness and it was very creepy it was like someone was feeding these images to my head it was so strong and then I felt drawn to that table and I sat down and put my my bag down and just stared at myself at the mirror which is not something I usually do I was just just like hypnotically like looking into the mirror and then I snapped out and like what am I doing so I got up and I said I have to go back to do my ushering I go up and then I talked to the bartender there and I didn't tell her what I saw I just asked her hey, do you know if there are any ghost stories here? And she's like, yeah, yesterday my friend was here and she came up from the woman's bathroom and she told me there's a female ghost down in that bathroom. So I was like, I need to set up an investigation here because <laughs> she corroborated what I had felt and seen. So then I, the, the manager you know, said, sure. You know, he's, he's a very cool guy, Paul Nathan. We brought in the APR and we brought in June and we made sure not to tell them any of our experiences, because I had had more experiences after that day in the bathroom. I don't remember it was the next day or when, but it was close in time. I was at home and I was still getting images of her. I could see images of her going mad. She had gone mad. She had gone through some horrific abuse. I had a sense, maybe gang raped, maybe trafficked. These were not words. These were feelings very disturbing and frightening and we made sure not to tell APR or June because we don't want to influence them right and June goes there and then you know she sees actually several ghosts in that place and then we take her down to the bathroom without telling her what I had felt and she's like oh there's a woman down here and she's just crying she's just crying for her mother and I think there's a suicide and I had also sensed that she may have killed herself from whatever you know had happened to her, she couldn't bear it anymore. And then APR was there, and honestly, they weren't picking up a lot of digital or or you know audio evidence. But one of their members was on the stage, and we could hear him saying, "Oh shit!" And so we like got up and rushed towards like, "What? What happened?" And he's like, he was also a bit of a skeptic too. He's like, "I just saw this this," and he was almost embarrassed to say, "This like woman in white shit." just walk across the doorway, like right there. I just saw a woman walk across and my, my mouth just went like, and I was like, <laughs> I, I didn't tell you that did anything about what I saw. Right. I didn't tell you. And he's like, no, you didn't tell me. So he corroborated. And so we, we filmed there and we finished. And then I thought, 
okay, well, you know, we're done. We agreed to show it at the theater as part of a kind of a special featurette in front of Vampiria, which is the film made by Matthew Obaya, part of our team. And we showed it. And then people came up to us afterwards and said, you know, things were happening to us before we even watched your documentary. You know, this is in our episodes and they, you know, people were touched. People had also strange draw to the mirror. It scared a lot of people because also, you know, they didn't know what was happening until they saw our documentary. And then things actually happened that night while we, we all got up on stage after we showed our, our episode and had a little Q and a, and summer was the lead of APR. She actually saw a shadow figure walking across the balcony as we're on stage. And people were all like, what, what? We're like, we just saw shadows. And then again, people, you know, several people said things that happened to them, even skeptics. Uh, Matthew Baez's sister was there. She's not really into this stuff. She felt like a stabbing pain in her back. And she was so upset. While she was going down to the woman's bathroom, I believe, she felt like something was stabbing in her back. And she got so upset, she almost wanted to leave. But she stayed because, you know, her brother was there. And other people described similar things. Women were being targeted, especially which is interesting. After a screening there, I really thought this was over. This was our time to move on to the next place, to look for another place to film. And that's when I was meditating at night in my living room, not thinking about anything ghost-related. And I felt that ghost walk right out from the kitchen doorway behind me and stand behind me. And it scared the hell out of me. Like, all the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. I jumped up, went to the, the living room, and I could see in my mind's eye her coming towards me, reaching out like she was going to touch me. And I backed away and was like, you can't touch me, you can't touch me. And then I called Matthew and I was like, oh my God, she's here, she's here. She followed me home. That's not good. No, and I still had that sense of madness about her. I don't know if you ever read Great Expectations. Miss mm-hmm. Havisham? Mm-hmm. Or... Follow the House of Usher with the woman in the coffin. That was what it reminded me of. And I was so freaked out. And he said, well, it could be just in your head, you know. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's possible. But I feel her. And she was in my place from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. And after 1 a.m., I felt she was gone and I went to sleep. And the next day, I thought, okay, maybe that was my imagination. Maybe I was just tripping. I turned on my phone. I checked my messages before I talked to anybody. There is a text message from a friend who had gone to see our documentary at the Star Theater. She said, last night I woke up to use the bathroom and that woman in the theater was at my place. She was in my bathroom with me and I had jumped into bed and covered my head. And I swear I turned the light off in the bathroom. When I looked back out, the bathroom light was on again. And when I saw this message, I dropped the phone. I literally threw the phone actually on the floor because she didn't know that I had felt the same spirit in my place right before she felt it at her place. So she was making her rounds. She was with you from 11 to one and then she popped over to. She said about two or 3 a.m. is when she went to use the bathroom. I don't hear about that a lot, that a spirit follows someone home. So I think that's a more unusual experience. It does happen, but I don't think it happens as often. Weirdly enough, though, same thing that we were talking about earlier, we're having a lot of these overlap of experiences. That same thing happened to me. Not exactly the same, but I did have a spirit that that kept was attached to me. I 
had multiple people validate it. And I finally went to a shop and the people at the shop were like, it was a witch shop. And these were very seasoned practitioners. And the one at the front was just like, oh yeah, you definitely have a spirit attached to you. And I was like, oh, great. Perfect. Could you help me with that? It's just like, but I I didn't, you know, I, I knew something was going on and I had this activity going on in my house and it happened for a couple of months. Now for Mm -hmm. you, was that the the only night that she came to visit or did, was it reoccurring where she would just visit you every night? She went away. I told her, I can't help you. I can't help you. I did do tour girls. By the way, I just feel like I felt something touching my back right now. I don't know if that was, you know, sometimes you're getting itch. I, I can't tell you, but I felt something like that. I have noticed that when I'm doing these, shows that the zoom it becomes a portal almost and so we're sharing energy and we're both working with unusual energy a lot or you know in our periphery so it's possible that there's some kind of exchange happening yeah could be i as far as i know i don't have any spirits attached to me at the moment (laughs) that was a one-time thing i hope knock on wood yeah (laughs) you have a mirror behind you too which is kind of creepy like as soon as you Mm -hmm bent down just now. I was like, yeah, expecting to see something there. (laughs) I, um, was doing ghost tours to raise money for the videos. And I took people into the theater tour groups, basically. And June, at one point we were, I was, I got up on the stage and June joined one of our tours and she's just like, Whoa, that female spirit just came right up to you. Like she just went boom when she saw me and came right up to me and was standing in front of me. And that's one of the reasons why I've shut it off. Cause I was like trying really hard to like, no, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> don't, <laughs> you know, I was just like, I don't see you. I don't feel you. I put like a shield around me cause I was freaked out. And then things started to happen to people when on the tour. So if you watch episodes one and two of the great star theater, you'll see, I talk about all the strange things that happened. It was growing. But the last time she was actually at my place was 2017. But then things started to happen again recently. This I have not filmed. I don't even know how to film this, but I've made a couple of TikTok videos and Instagram videos on it. I had several friends over, um, what is this? Several months ago when, you know, oh, it was safe again to gather. And now I don't know if this is part of the theater or if this is something to do with this, this, antique i got at um, a shop it's a japanese urn or incense burner for the dead but i was showing it to them i opened it up and put it back and then several minutes later three people saw something they all moved their eyes in the same direction two of them described seeing a black mass moving across the floor and another person saw a silhouette of a person probably a man so i do not know if that is the Great Star Theater, or if that has something to do with me opening up that thing. But uh, one of the women who came to my party said that it followed her home. It was touching her hair while she was sleeping. Oh, no. <laughs> and she thinks it's the woman. Mm-hmm. She gets around. She follows Asian women. Because I'm Asian. That woman is Cambodian. My friend who felt her in the bathroom the day after, the same night as me, she's half Filipina. There seems to be a pattern. 
And then she said that she had an image of her being charred, like she was set on fire at some point, maybe. So we're like, maybe they killed her or she killed herself and they set her on fire. We don't know. It's all, it's like we're in a mystery that keeps opening up, but it's taking years to give us more information. Mm-hmm. You know, like even in part two of the Great Star Theater, we found stuff that we didn't know, which is what drove me to do a part two. But it's still, we're getting strange uh, hints. And then I started to see things where I feel like I see something and my eyes track it, but there's nothing there. And I, again, chalked it up to maybe it's just imagination. And then uh, not that long ago, a friend of mine who was not involved with any of the ghost things, completely outside of that circle, but she was there at that party the night people saw a black mass move across my floor. And she told me, you know, I feel like my eyes have been getting really tired lately because I see like figures walking in my house. But when I actually go to look, there's nobody there. And then I was like, (laughs) oh, my God, it's expanding into my circle of friends, including people who aren't into these ghost things. What's happening? Who are they? Called up Cody, the other guy in the haunted bay. And he's just like, I've been seeing that, too, in my house. These shadow figures at the corner of your eye and you follow it and there's nothing there. I can't say for sure it's the great star, but Annalisa, the psychic, she says senses it is her or somehow involves her. She says, I sense an Asian woman with long hair. And I'm like, that must be the great star. And I remember asking her what, why she actually said, I don't know why she, she doesn't just go on to the other side. Why is she so active? Why is she coming to people? And then she suddenly she's just like, I get an image of a baby. Mm. And I'm like, oh my God, is there a baby involved? So again, we're getting clues six years after we first got there, filmed there. Yeah, that's the crazy part, right? Like the other day I went to this person's farm here. I'm now living in Louisville, Kentucky. That's the story for another time. Okay. Uh, went to this farm and they're having all kinds of weird occurrences one after the other their pigs have been stolen by not humans by something we don't know what and they can't find them there's no carcass anywhere they go missing and then this other thing that's the probably the most curious to me was that they had these sheep goats or goat sheep I don't know it's some kind of sheep that looks like a goat and they died, which is normal. They buried them, which is normal. It's farm. And they were dug up and they were like, Oh, okay, whatever. I don't know what happened. So they buried him again and they were dug up by something. And there's only other sheep there and it's completely fenced in and there's a dog that guards them. So it doesn't make sense. So then no matter what they did, these goats kept getting these two goats that were born on the equinox they kept coming to the top of this pile. Wow. So we, we go and we think we're going to like learn all the answers. I feel like we have to go back to that place a dozen times to actually start to learn what weird shit is actually happening there. Like there's definitely a presence there. 
But like you said, it could take seven months. It could take a year. It could take two years before we get any answers about what actually is happening from a paranormal perspective. Yeah. It's- years sometimes still unfolding now. It seems to be picking up activity, actually, which I don't understand why. A lot of people have been saying COVID, maybe. It's possible. Yeah. But I've gotten both sides. Some people say, nah, activity is lower. And some people say it's higher. So before we hop off here, I want to go back to Preston Castle. Mm -hmm. Because that was the story that you said you almost quit. You were like, fuck this shit. (laughs) I'm scared. Can you tell us what happened? The Preston Castle itself is a very scary place it's a dilapidated falling apart old reform school for boys uh, that was opened in the 1800s we go in and this is again this is the second episode so i haven't had many any spiritual experiences at all at least related to the haunted bay we're in the hallway and i happen to be standing in the front not doing anything just kind of watching the alameda paranormal researchers all standing behind me speaking you know trying to say if, see if there's anybody in the hall. Hi, someone there, can you tell a name? Blah, 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 blah. They don't pick up anything. And then suddenly I get the feeling, if I don't move from here, something's going to attack me. And I very quietly, I didn't say anything because I don't want to dis- disturb their investigation. I very quietly just kind of back away and I stand behind them. And then the psychic of their group, a sensitive, suddenly says, oh my God, do you see him? Please, please tell me you see him. And they're like, what? He's like, there's a shadow. There's a man at the end of the hall. And so she steps in front where I was and starts approaching him. She's like, hi, do you want to say something? And we're filming her and she's approaching. And then suddenly she backs up because she says he leaps towards her screaming, like to attack her. We all back up a little bit as she's backing up the hall. And I'm like, she totally corroborated what I felt was going to happen if I didn't move. I felt almost like an energy come at me, all of us, almost like it disturbed. I don't know if there's such a thing as auras. You know, I still try to stay kind of, you know, on the fence about these things just to be objective. But it felt like it had broken through my aura if there's such a thing i felt exposed i felt vulnerable and it freaked me out and it was it felt just you know like dark and angry and at that moment after it happened were you just like fuck this i'm out i i i was freaked out i was like i don't know if i can do this this is scary this is actually scary i think i might not do this anymore I remember thinking that. I don't, I don't think I can handle this. APR actually had asked me to join them to be one of the their investigators. But I said no, because I want to be objective and not be in the team. And then at that point, I remember for sure, I was no way in hell I'm going to join the Alameda Paranormal Researchers <laughs> after that. And it really affected me. It really affected me because I could feel it. Like yeah. I said, I could feel it. And it almost it was too close to me. It got too close. And then... I don't really remember the timeline, but, you know, sometime after that, I even had a nightmare. I was back there, but alone. Mm-mm. And I was so scared. No, don't go there alone in your mind. <laughs> I, 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 I was 
there in my dreams and I had a flashlight and I was just thinking, get me out of here. Get me out of here. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. Get me out of here. And my radio goes on. And it, you know, it shakes you awake and you're not like sure where you are. And the story that is running on the radio was a news story was about a boys reform school in Florida where they were digging up bodies of dead boys who were killed by the guards there back in the day. Talk about timing. I have goosebumps. There is something about the story that you're talking about right now that has, not just that story, lots of these stories, you know, these synchronicities that you're having, you can feel, I feel like that's how the phenomena or the spirits, the, the mysterious energy that we don't understand. I feel like that's how it communicates with us synchronicity. So you hear that thing on the radio, you have that dream, it all ties together with that funky yeah. night. And what do you think that it was trying to tell you something that specific spirit or do you think it's just this byproduct of the work that you do? I sometimes feel like they're trying to tell us their stories. They're like, "Oh, someone's interested in us." I don't know how it works, to be honest with you, but it feels like it's they want their stories to be heard and we're, we happen to be there to tell it. I can't explain how I could be dreaming that I'm in Preston Castle and then be woken up by a new story of a place similar to it and that they're digging up bodies there. Creepy. How that happened? I mean, if it happened the other way around, I would have said, oh, yeah, I heard the story first. And of course, I dreamt it. Up. No, it was I was dreaming it. And then it woke me up with that story. It's almost like maybe they're telling us that, hey, this happened there at Preston Castle too. I do know boys were killed for even trying to escape. I think I know I heard some, at least one boy was shot for trying to escape. Yeah. But maybe there were abuses there. And I'm not saying I know there were. Maybe there were abuses there that haven't been talked about the same way with this boys reform school in Florida. Well, thank you, Ying, for taking the time to chat. Let's keep in touch about weird shit that's happening if you're open to it. Okay. Yeah, sure. Take care. Bye. 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 Well, that was an interesting little woo chat, and I'm curious to see where the Haunted Bay goes next. You should definitely check out the show on YouTube and Amazon Prime. It's really amazing that a one-off school project really took off and turned into something so cool. I think the woo gets what the woo wants in the end, right? That's what I always say. When you follow the woo, it follows you back. It's almost like if you're willing to pay attention to it, it will play with you and take you down very many rabbit holes that freak you out. It's hard to believe that this is my 50th episode. I almost forgot to mention it. This has been one hell of a ride, and the next 50 episodes are going to be even more in-depth and juicy than the last, I think, I hope. That's my intention. There will be lots of changes to follow the woo land in 2022, so please make sure your seats are in their upright positions and continue to hold on to your butts very tightly. We may have been going through some bumps over the past few weeks, but those are 
really just growing pains. So don't worry. They're always uncomfortable in the moment, but kick ass in the long run. Patrons know that I have not forgotten about you. Again, there's so much content. I just have not had the time to get it out to you. It's coming soon. I promise it'll be worth the wait. And like I said earlier, I think in the last episode, there is a lot of new video content that's going to be coming soon. Probably my guess is around like summertime that project's going to really get moving forward. It might be earlier, but my gut says that it'll probably start about that time. And thank you, patrons, for your support. You are really making amazing things happen for this podcast. Without you, I don't know if I would be able to move forward with the show that we're doing. Links to Ying's show are going to be in the show notes per usual. And take care, y'all. All right. Bye. Thank you for following The Woo with me today. If you love what you heard, please make sure to subscribe to Follow The Woo wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're feeling particularly stoked about this show, please leave a review and or rating. You can also support this podcast by becoming a member of The Order of Woo, where you'll get community access and loads of extra goodies exclusively on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash follow the woo. The Order of Woo patrons bolster this podcast and community and allow for the creation of more content, products, services, and events over time. Every little bit helps, and I'm so grateful for the patrons who have joined the Order already. If you've experienced something magical, mystical, or just downright weird and want to discuss it, or if you're interested in sharing your expertise, or if you want me to research a Woo topic with you or for you, please email me at followthewoo at gmail.com. Join me next week for another woo topic. And remember, tell the truth, be nice to each other, and if it feels right, 